you have to give yourself some moments of solitude away from the BS. You have to allot for time for yourself to reflect and evaluate what's actually going on around you. For me, one of the ways I like to do this is you see this sauna here behind me. I'll go on the sauna, no phone or anything like that. And just for about 45 minutes, just get in my head and think about the things that are going on and just really try to become hyper aware of my surroundings, my situations, and try to reevaluate as best as I can. Today's podcast guest is Christian Harris. Christian is a husband, father, professional CrossFit athlete, fitness coach, gym owner, and the founder of the fitness and lifestyle brand, Move Fast, Lift Heavy. Christian is an elite athlete and entrepreneur. Together, we talk about fitness, success, failure, self-awareness, and how to tackle the challenge of setting priorities and balancing what matters most in life. You are in for a great conversation. If you are new to the podcast, thanks for being here. The Rise and Lead podcast is designed specifically to motivate and equip you to live your greatest life with maximum impact. We are going to find out what makes great leaders great and how you can start growing yourself, rise, expanding your impact, lead, and living the life that you have been created to live. I want to personally invite you to be a Rise and Lead partner in spreading the word about this podcast and all the episodes that will follow so together we can reach more people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the episodes that drop every month. Rate the podcast. I'm always going for a five-star rating. And if you think Rise and Lead deserves five stars, I would greatly appreciate that. Leave a written review about how the podcast has added real value to your life. Your reviews, they make a big difference. And finally, share about Rise and Lead with your family, your friends, and your social media network. Screenshot this episode with Christian Harris and send it to someone or text somebody the episode link. You are helping people rise to their next level by connecting them to an episode. And when you share about the podcast as an Instagram story, make sure you tag me and I will always try and give you a repost. I like to start with prayer, so let's pray together. God, help us to prioritize what matters most. Help us to get back up when we fail and help us to maximize the opportunities in front of us. Amen. Again, my guest today is Reebok athlete Christian Harris, CrossFit competitor, fitness coach, gym owner, and the founder of the fitness and lifestyle brand Move Fast, Lift Heavy. Christian starts off this episode talking about his introduction to CrossFit. Once I got into CrossFit, I was fully engulfed and I immediately started competing. I had success pretty early. I made my first regional appearance within a few months of getting into CrossFit. I believe I came eighth place my first year. This is back in 2012. And when I made that regional, 
I created a shirt, a support shirt to kind of help with the costs of travel. Because as many of you may or may not know, CrossFit, it's not a sport where you're going to do it and you're going to be compensated for the work that you're putting in, right? There's a lot of your own money that gets put into the sport. So I came up with this fundraiser shirt. People really liked it. And that also got my wheels spinning on the back end, like, hmm, maybe I should kind of pursue this. So while competing, while trying to figure out the family thing, while coaching, things started pulling me in all sorts of different directions. My third year competing in CrossFit is where I injured my pec in an off-season competition called OC Throwdown. It was a bench press test. So yeah, injury, thinking about opening my own gym while also running Move Fast, Lift Heavy at the time, which we just started with literally one hat, one t-shirt, and trying to rehab myself to get back into competing. So a lot of different things going on at once. How did you manage that when it came to like balancing your business and your family and your own fitness? That's the thing. I didn't manage it. And I kind of got a little bit burnt out around like that 2015, 2016 time. And I was basically just putting out fires. Something would come up at the gym and I would go and do that. Then something would come up regarding clothing. I would go and do that. I need to be home for soccer practice. I need to go do that. You know, so nothing was ever really balanced and nothing still isn't as balanced as I would like for it to be. But the skill that I've really honed in on over the past couple of years, which is where I feel like I've had my most successful years the past few years is compartmentalization and really sticking true to that and trying to keep my days as scheduled as I can possibly make them and really becoming a creature of habit. With that being said, I'll kind of give you a run through of my day that what I've found to work best. First things first is waking up super early. I think that's been a game changer for me is to be able to have the time to do the things that I need to do where I can stay uninterrupted. So I get up at five every morning. I get to the gym by about 5.30, 6 a.m. I'm coaching my first class. That runs until seven. And then I have a window from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. to train, right? Training is part of my job. It's what I do. So for me to have success, I have to allocate time to train. So from seven to nine, I get my first session in. I coach from nine to 10. And then if there's anything that I didn't get to finish up during that seven to nine block, I'll finish it after I coach then. Some days it doesn't always happen and I'm okay with that now. Whereas in the younger years, I wouldn't be. It would haunt me all day. It's kind of like being okay with that. From 10 to about 11, I'll call it my flex time. So if I finish the training, great. I can kind of get into the move fast, lift heavy stuff, creative work, designing, planning out our calendar for drops and things like that. Otherwise, I'll finish my training and then get to it about 11.30 or 12 or so. And I'm really just kind of doing that kind of back-end stuff. I'm doing programming, just any computer-type tasks. I'm doing that until about 3 o'clock. Kids come home by 3.30. And by that point, I'm doing homework with the kids or finishing up any last-minute work things. And then I really try to not be on my phone or the computer much from 3 or so until bedtime. It's a tough task. Being an entrepreneur, you can easily just continue to work, 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 especially with the phones and people constantly texting you and emails and all that kind of stuff. What do you tell clients 
who know they need to be disciplined to take their life to the next level and they just are trying it. They're not taking that step forward. You know, what are some of those keys to going from undisciplined to a life of discipline? I think it all starts with one very small habitual change, one very small thing. It could be as simple as start your day by not hitting snooze and just shutting it off. That's it. It could be something as simple as that. Once you can kind of stay consistent with the small habit or that small change, add another one. Maybe it's you do that, you go to your fridge and you have like an eight ounce glass of water, right? It's just like building upon these positive habits that can really be impactful over a long period of time. It's not something that comes overnight. It has to be practiced and it it takes time. You know, you knock out that one and it kind of opens up doors for you to have the confidence to pursue, you know, a second, third and fourth habit. For sure. Because I think what most people do, like you hear this with nutrition all the time. I think people try to do too much all at once and it becomes overwhelming and it becomes unattainable or unachievable. People, January 1st, the New Year's resolutioners, right? They dive in head first, they go to the gym, then they change up their nutrition. And then a week later, they're not at the gym. They've fallen off the bandwagon. It's because I think they've tried to do too much all at once. So again, like small little things, little details, ones that are achievable too, you know, like don't pick such a big task that's going to be impossible for you to follow through. You have done CrossFit in some of the biggest stages in the world. What have been some of your greatest wins on the CrossFit stage? And also what have been some of your greatest failures when you think about the CrossFit stage? I think one of the biggest wins for me came at the French Throwdown. This was in 2019. The event was a 7K run, which for me, like running is not my thing, but I've been working so hard at it up until that point. And my partner in that run, Kelly Baker, we took third place, I believe, in that event, which for me to be that high in a run event was a big testament to the amount of work that I've put in. And it wasn't anything glamorous, right? It's just running. But I just felt so positive and so confident about where I've come as an athlete. So you could push hard and put the work in and to see it come to life is something that is very rewarding. One of my biggest failures, I would say, was at the MAC competition, I think actually earlier that year, where I had probably my worst showing as an athlete in my 10-year career. Like I was bottom of the pack, like bottom 10 out of 40. And for that competition, I don't think I prepared well enough. and. Just simply that I didn't prepare well enough and I thought I would do better than I did. And that's kind of a failure to me. Expecting I was going to do more than what I actually was able to put into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, what do you tell clients when they have experienced failures like the one you just described? Like, what do you do with failure when it happens? And how do you grow from failure instead of letting failure crush you? and just lead you into a place of insecurity. What should we do better when it comes to dealing with failures? Yeah, the next best thing you can do is just to pick back up and keep on chugging along. You don't want to sit there and kind of like sulk in your misery. I think if you can find something to ground you, to get you back into making more forward 
positive progress, then that's what you need to do. So for me, it was really just getting back into training like two days after not really taking much time off and like, okay, let's get our bearings back and just start to take these small steps and make forward progress. Our identity can get so wrapped up in what we do that when that doesn't go well, I think for a lot of us, it, it is so crushing, you know, and was there ever a point in those failures that you had where you just had to almost step away from fitness being your identity and recognize that you are a person that who does fitness, but your identity is bigger than fitness? <laughs> That's a great and valid point because around that time is actually where I've really started to grow as a person, entrepreneur, family man. After that competition, two weeks later, we had one of our big events. It's called the MFLH Invitational. You know, having such a failure of a competition and then two weeks later having to really hone in on like the little details of putting a extravagant type show together. It just really, again, it turned things around for me, kind of getting back into my training, but then also having this event to have to put on and entertain folks. It allowed me to take the fitness or the athlete hat off and put on my entrepreneurial or my person hat so to speak, and just be who I am. It's interesting that you mentioned when you have a failure, the idea of, yeah, you got to give yourself time to process, but if you give yourself too much time, you're going to begin to miss the habits and the routine that had you growing in the first place. So I think that's an interesting point. When you recover, process in the way you need to, but don't give yourself too much time to process where you begin to lose all that momentum exactly. that you had with all that training. You know, somebody could say, I failed on a national stage and I ended up being low in the top 40. I'm going to take two months off. And then you take two months off and you are like two years back, yeah. you know, from where you were with your training and your fitness. And I, yeah, I think that's really interesting. And so you've kind of figured out, you know, you have all these hats that you wear and you figured out a way to kind of step into certain roles at certain times when you need to, to play that role with your family, with your business, and then with you as an athlete. Absolutely. One of the other things is with wearing all these different hats and compartmentalization, the other big thing for me is scheduling and planning. That has made a huge difference. I have to give a big shout out to my manager, assistant, and friend, Deb. Graph. She is someone who is very organized and she really helps to keep me on task with projects that I have going on, but also just keeping me aware of like what's coming, not today or tomorrow, but also a month from now. And that's really been a game changer because right now is the time of year. We're in what? End of February and the CrossFit Open is starting. So a lot of my time in these next couple of months is going to be heavily geared towards training, right? So training is going to take a little bit more of the focus, maybe away from the clothing or other aspects that I'm trying to squeeze in before this three o'clock time. So knowing that I've kind of banked some projects for later in the year so that when they actually do come up, I don't have to engulf myself in those. They're ready to go. So planning is definitely a huge, huge thing that's important in having success. 
We talk a lot on the podcast about leading yourself well and that you're only as strong as the people you surround yourself with. And so what a key aspect of your success is to know the help that you need with the scheduling and with the organization and with being present in the moment, but also knowing you got this coming up in three months and six months and nine months and to have somebody like Deb and I'm sure a host of other individuals, you know, partners in what you do that are just keeping your blade sharp keeping you focused, you know, with what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, a team is important. I feel like the most successful people, they have a team that's behind them, supporting them in the things that they either lack or the things that they're not good at. And that's exactly what I've tried to do is to put people in positions where they can do the things that they enjoy doing, but they're also complementary to the things that I do well and don't do well. So it makes a huge difference. Christian, how do you stay self-aware of either areas of your own weakness that you need to grow in or areas of untapped potential? You often hear people talk about, like, I want to surround myself with the right group so I can know where my red flag areas are or that area of risk. But I think even beyond that, there are areas of untapped potential that we often don't see. You get in your grind and you're hustling, you're disciplined, we can kind of be unaware of either the risk factors that may be coming up or those areas of untapped potential. How do you foster in your own life that idea of self-awareness? You have to give yourself some moments of solitude away from the BS. You have to almost a lot for time for yourself to reflect and evaluate what's actually going on around you. For me, one of the ways I like to do this is you see this sauna here behind me. I'll go on the sauna, no phone or anything like that. And just for about 45 minutes, just get in my head and think about the things that are going on and just really try to become hyper aware of my surroundings, my situations, and try to reevaluate as best as I can. Another thing that's important is to have some sort of meeting with your close circle of either business partners or friends or family, and just kind of like check in, check the temperature, see what's going on, see what people have to say. But you're not going to be able to do that if you're just head down and grinding all the time. You have to kind of schedule that time or put that time aside to really reflect. Time to reflect is important. What has helped for you in not letting that device control your life. Because I think for so many people, that is a real challenge. You know, people are going to bed with blue light, scrolling, 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 and kind of just drift off and go to sleep after having been right in your phone. What's helped you in that particular area? I hear that a lot from people. I love the phone as a tool. It is getting in the way of me achieving my goals and the level of health for me and my family. So what's helped with you in that area? Literally, it's just trying to put it aside and keep it not in your pocket or anything like that. Like put it in another room or so. But another big thing for me is I hate text messaging. Yep. One of the reasons why I hate it is because I get text messages at inopportune times. So what ends up happening is if I see someone's text message while I'm in the middle of doing something, I've opened it. Now the notification is no longer there. And then three days later, I'm like, Oh, snap, that person hit me up. Let me hit them back. And then I think I'm a jerk. I can't stand text messaging for that reason. So for me, I always like 
phone calls because I don't have to have the phone in my face. I don't have to be like staring down, looking at it. When you're looking at your phone, it's just so much stimulation. Your notifications are coming in as you're like trying to do one thing. And it's almost like you're just constantly interrupted by it. So that's like a really big thing for me is to try to not have the phone around or somewhere that's easily within reach. That makes a pretty big difference. That's so practical. Some people may be wondering, like, I thought it was going to be more complicated. Just don't keep it within reach 24 hours a day. No, seriously. Like if it's in your pocket, you're going to be on And you have one moment of almost like a bored kind of thing. You're just going to grab your phone and pull it out and look at it, right? If you have it in another room, now you got to get up. You got to do this. You got to do that, right? So I think something as simple as that could be helpful for some folks. What is it, Christian, that you do that helps create a culture that people want to be a part of? Like, why do people want to be a part of your gym? Why do people want to be around you? What are some of those key culture building things that you are doing that is creating a healthy space for people to be a part of? I think in the beginning, people were drawn to me, not necessarily for my intelligence as like a coach or anything like that, because I was just starting out. I think it was more from people respected me from an athletic standpoint and my ability and what I was able to do. But because I care so much, I would do whatever it took to be able to help somebody. Or, you know, if somebody had a question, if I don't know it, I'm going to research it and give them the best advice or the best solution that I can possibly give. So I think caring one is a huge, huge facet, but two, just being hardworking and humble. It's one of my core values. I have it back here. I don't know if you can see that, but work hard, stay humble is like a key core value. One of my phrases that I use day in and day out for those that follow the brand Move Fast, Lift Heavy, you've seen it on our shirts. It's just what we are. It's part of the DNA. What is the core of move fast, lift heavy? Like, what is that DNA that has become this significant brand that really is impacting the lives of thousands of people? Yeah. The name came up just because it was two things that you need to do to have success in the sport of CrossFit, right? You have to be able to move fast, right? You have to get fast times in these workouts, but then also there's one rep maxes and things of that nature. So you have to be able to lift heavy. So the two kind of, were things that I would say that, all right, if you want to be good, we got to do this. And a lot of people can relate to that, not only from an athletic standpoint, but just from a life standpoint, right? If you break those four words down, they can have meaning and impact to just your everyday life. We talked about the concept of bouncing back. For me, that's kind of like moving and lifting. You need to be able to keep moving forward, but also lift yourself up when you're down fast. Again, one of those things where we don't want to be down in the dumps for too long, right? We quickly want to be able to continue to take steps forward. And life is not always easy. Things get hard. Things can be heavy at times. And that's kind of where that word falls into place. So move fast, lift heavy. Yes. We are in the gym, but it is also a lifestyle concept. Is there anything that you wish people would ask you that they don't usually ask you? Do you think to yourself like, man, I wish somebody would ask me this question because it's either part of your story or an area of passion that you have. Is there anything that you wish people would ask you? 
A lot of people don't know, though, I used to be into music. I used to rap at one point. I still love music. And that's kind of like one of the things that I think makes me who I am. Also, if you follow the brand Move Fast Love Tevi, there's a lot of music influence in what we put out there, music and sports influence. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you that there's a part of me that's like, Christian, just drop us a rap on the <laughs> episode. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, I appreciate that. I didn't know that about you from following you on IG and connecting with you. That, that also is part of your story. And that's been part of your journey as well. If you think, Christian, about all the stuff that you put out, you know, piece of content, the branding, if all of that was erased and you really had to boil down Christian Harris to one single message that you wanted to share with the world, what would you boil that down to as the most important message that you would want to share with the world? I think it would simply be work hard, stay humble, and be nice. I think if everybody kind of lived by those six words, the world would be a much better place. If everybody kind of just put their head down, did the work that they needed to do, didn't be a jerk about it, and they were just nice to other people, we'd be in a great place right now as a society. <laughs> yep. When you think, Christian, about when somebody says, this person is a great leader, when you think about a great leader, how would you define a great leader? I think it's somebody that lets their actions speak for themselves, but also in a way that inspires others. So it's not just somebody that, okay, they're good at doing something, but it's also in a way that can be uplifting or how they do something. Somebody that comes to mind for me, that's one of my idols, I would say, is Derek Jeter. He was somebody that he wasn't a loud mouth. He just kind of showed up every day, was Mr. Consistent all throughout his career, did it with some swag and just the legend. The legend, the legend, <laughs> legend. Christian, what would you want to share with anybody listening who says they want to take their life to the next level and they're wanting something practical that they could do in the next 24 hours? Is there anything you could recommend if somebody's listening and they just think, I've been inspired by Christian's story, the fitness, the entrepreneurial aspect, the business, and your dedication to your family. I want to go a little bit next level. What would you recommend somebody do in the next 24 hours? One would be to set your alarm for an uncomfortable time, <laughs> maybe 5 or 6 a.m. Basically, a time where you can give yourself at least 30 minutes of just you time. No kids, no significant other. It's just time that you can utilize to either reflect, you can use it to work on you, whether that's working out. I think having some time for yourself completely uninterrupted is like one of the most important things. So setting that alarm to give yourself you time. And then if you can give yourself at least 30 minutes a day of fitness, whatever that looks like for you. 30 minutes is a great place to start. It's not intimidating. You can literally walk a mile and do some stretching. It could be as simple as that. Right now, I'm really enjoying the process of training and getting better every day as we are preparing for the CrossFit Games, which is down the road in August. Just the process of that, I'm really enjoying it every day, the work that's being put in which I think is 
another important thing for people is to make sure that you're enjoying the process. And if you're not enjoying it, at least being aware of the things that aren't making you enjoy it so that you can put in the work to at some point, maybe get people to offset that. Like we spoke about earlier a little bit, whether you're starting your own business, right? You're going to be wearing a ton of different hats. You might be doing things that are unenjoyable in the moment, but enjoy that process, learn from it. And down the road, once you start to have some success, you'll be able to delegate some of that. So enjoy the process. Absolutely. In the CrossFit Games coming up in August, are we going to see you as an individual, as a team? I'll be competing as a team. My team is half the same from last year. So the men are the same, obviously, with myself. And then my male teammate, my counterpart, Will Carter, and the two females that we have for this year. One is Nicole Soto. She's an individual competitor, but she does have games experience back in 2017. And my other female teammate is Winter Nicolette. She's from Miami. She actually relocated here about a month ago to pursue this Mm. journey with us. I just want to say on behalf of our crew, best luck and wishes in the CrossFit Games, you know, coming up toward the early fall of 2022. And I just really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time, Christian, to have this conversation. I know it was high value for me. I think that our audience with Rise and Lead is going to get a ton of value out of what you shared. So thanks for being an inspiration. If people want to connect with the brand, move fast, lift heavy, how do people find you? How do they connect with the brand and everything you're doing? Sure. If you guys want to connect with me, you can hit me on Instagram at I am Chris Harris. If you want to connect with the clothing, my training program, or anything Move Fast, Lift Heavy related, literally at Move Fast, Lift Heavy is the handle. You can follow us for training programs, clothing. We have a gym. If you're in the New York area, more gyms coming soon. Love to hear from you guys. I hope this episode with Christian Harris impacted and inspired you. Send me a DM and let me know. I read every message that comes in. Make sure you screenshot this episode, share it with someone, and post it to your social media accounts. Don't forget to tag me so I can give you a repost. I know there is someone who you know who needs to hear this episode with Christian. Thanks for sharing, subscribing, and rating the podcast. Seriously, that means the world to me. Look for new episodes to drop every month. You won't want to miss those. Thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself. You are worth it. Remember, the best time to rise and lead is now. Now.